This is the place where sports opinions collide dead in sports. I'm your host, Kenneth B. Inge. Uh Joining me as usual is FIFO. What it do, what it do, what it do. And on the line is the sixth man, Q. What up, Q? Hey, man, you know what, Ken? What's up? I love my nickname, right? Yeah. But the sixth man is a really fucking dope nickname. He it really to, is. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah. And yeah. he comes in the clutch just like a six-man yeah. would. Yeah, nah, it, it, it's dope, man. It's kind of crazy how how that worked out, and I just kind of branded his, his thing, man. Like, it just became his own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that's dope. Um, so yeah, tonight, man, we, um, you know, we know we're a day or two late. We were in here last night to like 12, man. 15 Ugh. recording is the mic still on, uh, check that out, man. The podcast is the mic still on podcast. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, uh, getting better e- each week. The response is crazy, um, which I'm loving. Um, check out the homie, the Manny, uh, no, not, see, I keep calling him Manny, <laughs> the technical file podcast, uh, check him out. Also check out the homie Twelve Cow, the Twelve Cow podcast, and Chris Platty's Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk podcast, and um, and of course, man, Dead in Hip Hop, you got to check that out. Subscribe and uh, subscribe to go on SoundCloud, go on SoundCloud and uh, hit that follow button. Trust me, you'll want to do that. Dead in Hip Hop. And, um, and, you know, Dead End Sports everywhere, man. Follow follow us on, on Twitter, social, all the socials. So, all right, man, uh, let, let's get into these trades. Uh, some, what, there were some trades. Let's get into the draft. Um, the Lakers made some moves. And uh, while I pull that up, uh, Magic apparently has meeting with some folks about tampering, I guess, some people on his team. Uh, but the Los Angeles Lakers have uh, made a trade for the 39th pick in this year's draft. Uh, they sent a 2019 second-round pick uh, via the Bulls and cash consideration to the Sixers for the pick. Um, so they're making moves. Um, I, you know, I don't know what all that means, uh, in all honesty, but um, especially with you know everything that's going on with them. But um, maybe – well, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a thirty ninth pick, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's the second round. Yeah. Right. That that's the uh, the ninth pick in the second round. Um, so some like a, maybe a role player if you have to use up all the cap space for exactly. Yeah. Ken. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Somebody that can come in young like a Kuzma. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's ready to play right now. And obviously not be a star or anything like that, but be a cheap rotational player. Yeah. That can learn from the guys you're you're planning to bring in. The Hawks are trying to move back from the third spot for Trey Young. Mm-hmm. I like it. You do? Yeah. You know why? Because they messed up by not getting CP or Darren Williams. They Trae can't mess Young up again. Trey Young is not CP3? I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I think he's the biggest boomer bust potential in this draft. And because the Hawks have been in perpetual, perpetual drought. You know what I'm saying? That – you need a guy that if you hit it out the park, you hit it out the park. And I think he, I think he's the one guy in the draft that if 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 he can do his skill set in the NBA, it's gonna be a problem. If he you know projects yeah, out to be Curry, go ahead, Q. You know, what I think we should do though. I think I think we should just do a lottery breakdown real real quick. I think that's the easiest way for us to 
get into all the news and everything that's been going on. Just go by the 13 teams, talk about what you think will happen. Um, because the other picks don't really matter. It's just what the lottery is what I'm nah, yeah. interested in. Yeah, I got you. Let me go through one other report that's out here is that the Knicks are considering moving up to get Bamba. Um, so, yeah, so I think. I like that move, too. I do, too. Because you I pair like him that. with Porzingis. That, hey, you, you talking about the biggest front line in the NBA. And both of those guys rebound. They crash the offensive glass. Bamba has shown that he does have range. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not looking for that, you know, for him to be to have a successful rookie year. But if he can also provide that, I'll take it. You know, um, and, you know, but is Porzingis going to play this year? Because I think there has been some chatter about him taking this entire year off. Yeah. Like DeMarcus. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, I, I think I have heard something similar. But, you know, if if you believe in Nicolina as your point guard, that's the mm-hmm. guy he drafted last mm-hmm. year. We go three to five, right? Mm-hmm. So we didn't see much this year, but we, you know, he was. You know, it's possible that he that he becomes something. He oh. could. But you are, if you believe in him, you, you got your point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, if you believe you can get Kyrie next year, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so – you don't really need to invest that heavily into the one or the two. So mm-hmm. you already got Porzingis. That's your superstar. So mm-hmm. get Bamba, be that anchor. Mm-hmm. He can be a stretch five. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he can block shots. He is, he's athletic. So I think that would be a smart move for them. And then now they got some pieces they can kind of start building around. Mm-hmm. So um, it's you got a tank, man. Because cause you know what? Look, you're you, you going to need a Bamba? The, the Knicks, Knicks are trying to tank, man. Oh, That's all yeah. it is. Oh, okay. I, I don't blame them. You, you look in, in the NBA. If you're in the East, you're gonna need somebody that can physically compete with Joel Embiid. Because if you ain't got one, you ain't gonna beat him. You, it, it's just, it's, but you know, um, w- the best landing spot for Bamba, to me, is Boston. So if they can't pull off a Kawhi move, they need to go make a Bamba move. Yeah, they do. Man, I can't wait till we get to get to uh, talk about him because, man, yeah, I. So I'm trying to find the – what's the best mock draft? Where, where, um, I thought I had one up here. I'm looking for it. Uh, where is it? Bleacher Report had one, but I think they Bleacher don't. Bleacher Report has a good one. I don't mind them. The Ringer has a good one also. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, the Ringer is pretty pretty good. Them and Draft Express because they're, they're with ESPN now, so – yeah, I, I think I like theirs a little bit better, but uh, but they 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 want you to pay for stuff. You know the ringer they're they're nerds, but they're um because of that they be <laughs> they definitely be uh really invested in this stuff. But I, I I think I looked at theirs. I didn't really like it that much. But we already know the first pick. Right. Let's just start off first pick while I look it up. Uh, the Suns, Aiton obviously is the move. I think uh, Phoenix. Uh, Right, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix has three moves right here. Um, the first one, I think the one that's most likely to happen is DeAndre Ayton from Arizona, obviously in their backyard. He projects out to be the best big man, overall big man in this league or in this draft. And, you know, defensively there's questions. Mm-hmm. But offensively, you you know, you see the work. You see the repertoire. Um, <clears throat> the next move is – Reuniting his head coach with Luka Doncic. 
Obviously, you know, the 19-year-old sensation. This guy's killing the second-best league in the world, and it ain't even close. So, you know, I, I definitely think he can play in the NBA. How good he will be? Will he be the best player out this draft? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But to make, you know, that transition for their head coach easier and, and providing a level of comfort, that's who you take. Um, the third option, I believe, is trading the number one pick to Minnesota and trying to get Carl Anthony Towns. So if Minnesota winds up with the pick, um, I think hmm. that for them, they may need to consider uh, Luka. Uh, because, Why? Because I don't like Jeff Teague for them. I think Jeff Teague is just a stopgap uh, perimeter guy. And I think that if you compare Luka, right, because he, you know, I don't think he has the foot speed to, to, to really uh, guard the elite perimeter guys at the NBA, mm-hmm. but you got Jimmy. You got Jimmy. So you put Jimmy on those guys, and Luka, he's big. So he can guard, you know, two guards and even some threes. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, to me, I, I, I think that move makes a lot of sense uh, for both squads because now you're reuniting Devin Booker with his college teammate and Cat. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was trying to pull up now, the the roster for the Suns. Uh, so we will be looking yeah, at – think. Go ahead, Q. I say, yeah, I think Aiden is definitely the pick here. Um, everything uh, is pointing to him. I'm pretty pretty positive that they gave him a promise already because, you know, he seems very content only wearing Phoenix gear, uh, Suns gear. You know, 34% from three uh, – I don't know. I think a lot of people might be a little overrating his uh, potential to stretch. But, you know, I think that there's potential there. There's definitely offensive upside. Uh, he has a lot of moves. He can, take him into the, he, he can take people into the paint. He has a good mid-range game. I think that the, the biggest concern, like people pointed out, is uh, he was very, like, eh on defense. And um, that's the only thing that should scare you possibly about Aiden is the fact that he has like this David Robinson body, but he plays defense like Tristan Thompson did last year. And I don't know if that isn't necessarily a product of him probably playing beside another center, but I think that it should be cause for pause if, if you're Phoenix. But I think that they look at his off, his uh, upside for offense and think, you know what, perhaps he just didn't try because he knew he was out of position at Arizona. So maybe their uh, their brain trust will say, you know what, who cares? He'll probably come into the league and start trying and he'll actually block shots and do whatever. All he has to do, in my opinion, to be a great pick on defense is just try and um, just make the necessary switches when possible. If you're not a black hole on defense, then I think that this is a good pick. I think Phoenix has this one locked up with number one with uh, DeAndre Aiden. And they'll have a lot of talent. We're talking about Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, who came on strong. Um, we still don't know what Bender's going to be. Uh, Chris showed promise, Marquise Chris. And uh, they got Peyton and Brandon Knight at, at the point, And then they still have a score machine in T.J. Warren. So, And then they'll have a center, you know, a, a legit center. So so yeah, it just seems like the no brainer pick right there. Um if 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 I'm the son. So uh so yeah, so that's what I would do. So the second pick in the draft, um, I think is is the are the Kings. What do the Kings do here? Because there are rumors that they like Porter a lot. 
but they also like Bagley, and I think the latest I saw was that he's almost a lock to go. So, um, so what 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 are you hearing, Q? What do you think? Uh, I think it's Bagley here, definitely. Everything that uh, I've seen points to Bagley. Um, he met with them. I think he had dinner a couple nights ago, if not sometime this week. And um, from what I'm hearing, Sacramento is just not really much enthralled with Luka Doncic, so I think Bagley is it. Uh, I think Porter kind of scares some teams off with the whole back and the hip stuff. We'll we'll get we'll get to him, but um, Bagley, you know, Bagley is an interesting player because I don't necessarily know what he is. Do I, I. I don't know where he fits in today's NBA. That's probably my biggest concern for him is the fact that I don't see much continuity of an offensive game. And I don't see much of anything on defense. Now, he said, I think he said earlier today, if not yesterday, that he's a great uh, defender and he was just, you know, young and it was his first year because he, I think he reclassified. So this was his uh, essentially kind of skipped up a year, if I'm not mistaken, and he went to Duke. So he should be a, uh, a senior in high school this year coming up, but instead, now he's in the draft. So uh, he is young, but 20% from three. Uh, but he is a effortless athlete. You know, everything that I've seen him, he can fly. Um, when he does get steals in transition, he's dangerous. And I think he needs to get with a coach and get with an organization that knows what they're doing. And Sacramento that is why I'm scared for him in Sacramento yep. because I don't know much about their development coaches because all of what's going to make Marvin Bagley a great player is somebody that can either recognize that he's a versatile guy and try to show him that he can do multiple things well, or they're going to have to find a development coach that tries to kind of not pigeonhole him, but tries to define his role. Is he Iguodala? Is he Chris Bosch? Is he Rudy Gay? We don't know what he is right now, but all I know is that he's an athlete. He's young. And last year in college, he was just big boying people, you know, just going up, getting lobs, and not really anything uh, fluid about his offense other than the fact that, hey, I'm bigger and I'm a better athlete than almost 95% of you all that I'm playing against. And I think that is what's intriguing in Sacramento because he's kind of like an alien in that sense. But for them, I don't know if this, that this is the right pick because they don't really have much of a – good brain trust that I personally trust to give back a defined role in the NBA. It might just be another crash and burn. I think um, for me, Sacramento is in a situation where they need an established scorer because all of their guys are complementary guys. And I'm not saying that I think personally the Arian Fox can become an all-star level point guard, but I don't think that you build the team around him, mm -mm. right? Like he he he's a complementary guy to a guy that that has the skill set of a Michael Porter. So I like the idea that that's where they're thinking because that's what they need to lay the foundation of their identity. They need to play quicker, but they need also a guy that they can just give them the ball and go get us buckets. They don't have that. They have an athletic freak in Willie Colley-Stein that's now getting minutes. Darian Fox is another freakishly quick guy on the perimeter. They don't have a guy that, that they can just a go-to scorer. Michael Porter gives them that. Marvin Bagley is another glue guy, a guy that needs to play off of another guy. Mm -hmm. Marvin Bagley... <clears throat> 
in my estimation, isn't going to be a focal point of any offense. He's a complimentary guy. And I disagree with Q in a sense of the fluidity of his game. When I watch them play, the jumper isn't perfect, but the jumper looks nice enough. You know what I'm saying? It's nice enough to be built upon. You know what I'm saying? And also, he has ball handling skill. I'm not saying he's the best ball handler. Neither is Blake Griffin. But years ago, when we was actually doing videos for Dead End Sports, and we were naming our top five uh, power forwards, and I, I I, I clearly remember like it was yesterday, that I said the reason why I put Blake in my, I, I believe it was number four in that video, mm -hmm. was because of his ball handling ability. Because that puts extreme pressure on on the defense, especially a guy like Marvin Bagley that averaged double-digit rebounds. Rebounding translates directly to the NBA. So you know he's going to be a double-double coming in. If he can get that rock and just go and put pressure on that defense quicker, that's a problem. And again, my three to five, my three to five rule. When he gets bigger, more strong, more skillful because he'll be working on his craft, he's gonna be a problem. But I still don't see him as a guy. Hey, Marvin, go get us a bucket. He can go get you a bucket if he has a mismatch, either on the perimeter or down low. But he, but he's not a scorer in that way. He, he's a complimentary guy. And if Sacramento wants to turn the corner. And you got Michael Porter right there? You got to take him. You got to take him. Yeah. Um, looking at their roster, uh, you know, when I think about Bagley, in, 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 in addition to what they already have, Willie Cauley-Stein, Bagley. Same could, guy. Could be, yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. same guy. Uh, Skull Labissiere, kind of still same templates, still same guy. Um, you know, they, they have Harry Giles. You know, we don't know what he's going to be, but – you know, probably the same guy, you know, so they, they, they don't have a guy that has the abilities from what I've seen with Michael Porter um, on that team yet. You know, they thought Buddy, at least the, what's the GM name, Radinkovich or whatever, thought Buddy Hill was going to be, you know, better than Curry. Oh, you're talking about the, the owner. The owner, yeah. The big round of Divac. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, but they got. But they get, but you know, but it mean you know he, he's a streaky guy. So they got him, they got Fox. So you got a point guard, mm -hmm. you know, you got a five. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Willie Collistown is, you know, he he does a lot of good things for you. But who's your guy? Who's your? They don't have it yet. And and if, and if you look in this draft, right? Mm -hmm. To me, obviously, if he's if he's healthy, right? Because I didn't know he's he had a hip issue too. You know, I knew he had the back. I'm willing to deal with the back, 19, okay, cool. But then also the hip, I don't know, I have some concerns. But if you look at this entire draft, there's not another guy that you can pencil in 27 and 5. He's that guy in this draft. And that's what Sacramento needs if they're going to turn the corner. So yeah. the, the, the time is now. You have to make a decision, and it is a risk. But there's no other guy that's going to – put your squad in a better position to win right now than Michael Porter healthy. What about Doncic? You know, obviously he can play hey, off of um, him and Fox, so. No, but I like it though. Because because Doncic's biggest problem is foot speed in the NBA, guarding guys like Fox, right? So if you right. have Fox and he plays off the ball cuz he can't play off the ball, he play 1 through 3, he the man is 6'7". He's 19 years old, he might six, seven. He's 6'7". He might grow another inch. You know what I'm saying? And you have that, that type of skill set. You know, I I, right. I I like it, but at the same time, do we know him to be a dominant scorer? 
Not from what I've seen. Hey, right, he he he's a, he's a ball kind of guy, meaning that he's nah, gonna pass the rock. He he's not gonna be a dominant. I don't think he's a dominant scorer. You know what I'm saying? Like a killer guy like that. Now he might have the kill gene, but I don't think he's Kyrie. I I I don't think he's he's a guy that's just gonna go get buckets like that. But if you have Michael Porter at six ten and three quarters, with ball skill, that that was the only big invited to a Steph Curry camp. <laughs> that's who I'm taking, bro. I, I think he's the reincarnation of Carmelo, but better offensively. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, the Hawks. Now, we, you know, uh, previewed earlier that they're looking Kiss to move right down. Here. Uh, I don't like the move. I just, yeah, I, I don't I, I don't like the move. I don't like trading down to get Trey Young. Um, because I just don't know. He, he's boom or bust. But, if he hits, he hits. But here's the thing. But okay. if he don't, man, at it's number, such a Hawks move. But but let me but let me ask you this though. At number three, who are you taking that that has more potential than Trey Young based off of the roster that they have? Because remember, they already have medium sized guys that are young. Torian and Prince. Right. They just drafted John Collins uh, the other year. You know what I'm saying? They already have a, a, a young nucleus, but no true leader, right? And that's the reason why they gave Dennis Schroeder the contract that they gave him. But he got an attitude problem, and they don't know if they like him anymore. Okay, but but that's the reason why you move on. And how do you move on? You draft Trey Young, the biggest boom and bust potential. But 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 they haven't they haven't been this high in a draft in a very long time, right? Since this right. since the CP years, right? So we're talking almost o- almost two decades now, and they still haven't gotten the guy. And now, if you look at everybody else on that list, who has a bigger upside than Trey Young? All right. So based on what we have so far, mm-hmm. we have Bagley and Aiton off the board. Mm-hmm. They're looking at Doncic or trading down. Mm-hmm. So. Why not Doncic there, or why not Michael Porter Jr.? I think, okay, I think it's I think it's Doncic there, uh, hands down. I, I don't think that they don't. I don't think they do the Trey Young thing, man. I think that Atlanta they just hired Lloyd Pierce. He was a uh, assistant coach for um, the Sixers last year, and I think for the last five years, if I'm not mistaken. And I think the thing that makes them have to pick Doncic here is because Doncic. While him as a prospect, he's very polarizing from what I've seen on NBA Twitter circles and like the Reddit circles and just people in general who talk about uh, sports, is that there's like a camp that either loves him, thinks that he could be the reincarnation of like a Magic Johnson for for some reason, or they're the people that think that he is complete bust potential, too slow to guard anybody. That's me. Not good enough as a shooter. And you know, just it, does, it doesn't have it yet. He doesn't get a lot I'm of somewhere in the, I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle, where I think that Doncic is a talented passer. I think that he has a promising three-point stroke. It looks good. He has a go-to move at 19. That's probably the most tantalizing thing about Doncic is he has a step-back three. And I think what we just saw last year from who I think will be the MVP, even though I think it should be uh, LBJ, um, James Harden, is the fact that that setback three is deadly. So when you see Doncic at 19, who's been winning since he was, since he's touched the ball, he's been winning in the second-best league in the world, I think that Atlanta's brain trust, their GM and their owner, will say, look, this 
two guys from Oklahoma. He's great, and he there's there is a, a very marginal chance that he'll be the next Steph Curry. And I know that we want to bet on that marginal chance, but if this Luca guy turns out to be a winner and he turns out to be like the next James Harden, then we'll look foolish because we could have had him at six nine, and he can make all of our guys better. You have guys like John Collins, Torian Prince, uh, Bazemore. He'll make those guys better immediately, and they'll be able to make a little bit of noise probably in the first couple months, and then he'll fizzle off, but you might have a rookie of, of the year. And that's what the Hawks need is a guy. Steph Curry, you know, like his maturation has been one of the most amazing things that, 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 that we've seen in the NBA. But when I look at Trey Young, I don't see Steph. I don't see that. I see a guy who – can be a great knockdown three-point shooter, even off the dribble. I don't see that range yet from Steph, and I think that he could be a good enough passer. But Steph, to me, is like a once every, like, couple, 20 years. 28 and 8, Q. Yeah. Q. like a lifetime. No, Q, look, look, this is why I think you trip it. First of all, uh, Steph has – he has the Michael Jordan effect. I want to be – I want to be like Steph – that's what it is. Right. And I think Trey Young is one of the first guys that we're going to see in the mold of Steph Curry. Now, you're 100% right. Steph Curry is one of a kind shooter. He's the best shooter that we've ever seen. But because of that, we're going to see more shooters. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like Because the game is so global right now. But with, with, with Trey Young and, and the Hawks taking him, the reason why I like it because the NBA right now is all about pace and tempo. Right. Tempo meaning getting up and down the court pace, meaning how the ball moves in the half court offense. Right. Like the ball needs to be popping. And Trey Young, to me, is the best guy to run an offense like a la Philly, where you have the ball in your hand it's pick and roll a lot. But you also have weak side action. It's a lot of handoffs. It's a lot of I, I, I like Trey for that. Why, Ken? What did I say about Golden State and Steph Curry, why he's their most important player? Not their best, but the most important. Space. Space. Yep. You got to guard him too far out. Let Trey Young bust two three threes from damn near 40. And he will try it. And he will try it. Let him bust three out <laughs> he think there. He thinks he's Steph. He thinks he's Steph, right? And that's the thing I like, too, about him. He has the confidence. He's, he, and he's not necessarily cocky, but he know he good. And he's going to come out there and try to kill you. I love the killer instinct. And let him hit two, three threes from way back there. What does the defense have to do? You got to press up on him. So what does that do for guys like Turi and Prince and John Collins? I don't know if Luka Doncic has that yet. I don't know if he can play up and down. Not, not, I don't think he can play up and down at that speed on the perimeter like Trey Young can right now. I, I, I just, for the fit-wise, now Luka may be, may be a better player, but at the end of the day, I think he has the biggest boom potential. You, 28 and 8, bro? Like, like you, he's not going to fall off to 10 points? I, I, don't, I don't think the NBA is that tough where he, you're going to make this guy score 18 less points. And he was on a team where late in the college season, you know, he was the one guy that teams just yeah, keyed in on. They, yeah. they, they did to him what what what, what, what uh, the Pelicans yeah. did to Dame. Yes. So, um, and he had to adjust to that, and and he somewhat did. I I just think, I don't know. I have two two 
two schools of thoughts here. Um, I think Luca is the safe safe pick. You know, if you if you stay, but, but see, but that's why I don't like it because the Hawks need like 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 somebody that is going to take them into you know a, a new era. But from from everything that I've seen over the course of the years, uh, leading up to now, was Luca. He was supposed to be that man. He was supposed to be that guy. And and you know, I look. I I you watched the. It, not from what I've seen, but you know, I, look, I can't. It's hard to judge. It's hard to judge. He looks slow. Is he Gordon Hayward? I don't know. It's hard to tell. But he's he's safe. And you know, if he's if he's good enough, that'll work. Schrader, Doncic, Tarion Prince, who show he got game, and John Collins. You need about two more pieces. So I don't know. Now the thing I do like about Trey Young, what do you get in addition to that that you can build the team with? And Trey Young can sell tickets. Trey Young yep. is box office. office. He, yeah, he's he a is. star. He's a star he, already. Thank you. Coming you, in the league. And, and, and think about it, Ken. How long has it been since we've had that? And be honest. It's been since the Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson. Come on, let it, I come think on. when they, when they, Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, man. Let, let's be hey, honest. Hey, that, that, when that team was winning, when that Hawks team was winning, I'm not talking about the quarter purga- perpetual purgatory. Second rounders, Ken. Second rounders. You talking about team winning? Second round, Ken. They never got out past the second I know, round. But they, hey, hey, Atlanta loved it. But box office was Dominique. Yes, and. Trey Young, if he booms, could be this ver- this NBA's Dominique Wilkins. Exactly. Not athleticism and dunking the high flying, but the shooting. Exactly. He look. What I'm saying is the Hawks need another guy that could potentially have a statue outside of Phillips Arena. And, it can't just be Dominique no more. And a reason to go watch them play, even when they're losing. Exactly. <laughs> this is a business after all. Exactly. So, so you know, and, and and you know, if you you're the Hawks, look, we're Black City. We're Black City. Q. We know Trey Young. We don't know this Donkish guy. <laughs> so. You know, I, I you know I like the safe pick. I, I'm I have my concerns about Trey Young. Um, you know, I don't feel comfortable with the decision, but I can talk myself into it. <laughs> I think I definitely I definitely think they'll explore it. But I think at the end of the day, I think Lloyd Pierce will definitely advocate for Doncic after seeing Ben Simmons. Uh, I think I think he'll just go into the office like, look, he can make all of these guys better. Theoretically, that that's that's what Doncic is supposed to be able to do. So when you're like, hey, this guy's six nine, he's been winning since he was touching the ball at six years old in the second best league in the world, just won his second finals, I, I believe, over there, won MVP, Eurobasket. They didn't he look like NBA Q because he'll make everyone better. They didn't look like NBA players, dog. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not saying I would do this. Here. Yeah. Personally, if, like, this is, like, the way that I did my mock draft was what I think the team will do. Personally, right here, I think Atlanta should take Jaron Jackson. But they are going to take either Luka Doncic or they're going to trade down for Trey Young. But I think at the end of the day, I think Luka is going to be the pick because you just can't let this talent – go because then you'll have a KP situation, man. What if the Sixers took Chris Dapp? Then you have Joel and Chris Dapp. But now you have Jaleel Okafor he traded for a bag of peanuts. So yeah. it's like you can't pass on that. Like, if the talent like, is like real. Yeah, if the talent is real. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies, I think, are interesting. <laughs> 
Um, because I don't know who they who they really need to get. So so in my mock draft, right? Like I have um Aiton going first. Mm-hmm. I have um Michael Porter going second. I got Trey Young going third. Here, I would have Marvin Bagley. Bagley won't be there. Well, but again, in my I know it's your draft, your draft, right? Like I have. Aiton. Oh, okay. Then I have um, who's picking? I have uh, Michael you Porter. Aiton Porter, Young, Young Bagley. Bagley. B- Bagley in Memphis is a problem. With Gasol, Conley. He's a glue guy that they're not going to ask a lot of because you already know the scoring load is going to come from Connolly and Mark Gasol. Bruh, go out there and do your thing. Go run up and down. Go block shots. Go get rebounds. Go be the glue guy. If he's there. That's a problem. Yeah. So it sounds to me then that the Grizzlies, based on your scenario, need one of the next one of these three guys: Michael Porter Jr. if he's there, mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson Jr. or Bamba. He's not working out for him. Neither Jackson or Bamba have given up their med medicals, so I don't think they both are not trying to go there. In my mock draft, I have uh, Michael Porter going here easily. Um, I think that Memphis wants a guy that after Gasol and Conley are gone, because, you know, the way and tear is getting there, man. Gasol is getting up there, so is Conley, and he, they paid him the biggest contract in NBA history at the time. And I think that Memphis is open to trading down from what, I, from what I'm hearing because they want to get out, get out from under the Chandler Parsons contract, which they never should have did in the first place. But – I think Michael Porter Jr. is the pick here, uh, 6'10". Ridiculous upside on the offensive end. There are just a lot of red flags for me that I would be scared about with, with Michael Porter going Hey, Q, um, who do you up? have going second? I, I got Bagley going second to Sacramento. I think that they just want a guy who can get points and be a box office guy. Mm. Um, I think they'll trade down. I think they'll Sacramento? trade out of it. I think great. I think Memphis probably will. No, I don't think Memphis will. I, you know, I Memphis think Memphis cannot afford to get this wrong, though, people. Like they can't get this wrong. They have done so many boneheaded things. Get traded so many good picks. They cannot afford to just get this wrong and pick some guy who doesn't turn to be a, to turn into be anything. They they have to think about future here. So I think Porter has to be be the pick. Yeah, if he's available, I definitely think it's Porter or Bagley. I think those two guys fit what Memphis has going on right now. You know, and and they they extend you into the future. You know, I think they're they're future guys that can be um I think Porter could be the best player or the the first scoring option on a championship team. Um and I think Bagley could be your second or third best player on the championship team. So, you know, having those type of pieces in place, especially in Memphis cuz you know they're going to make the playoffs. If they stay healthy, they're going to make the playoffs. And at the beginning of the podcast I said that experience is the biggest teacher in basketball. So the the quicker you can get these young players to experience playoff basketball is the quicker that they will mature. And you already know if if Memphis is healthy, they're not just probably going to be a first-round team. They'll most likely make it to a second round. Yeah. Um, hmm, okay. Yeah, that's that's. I have no idea with that one. Um, so that that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but I think that has the potential to, to mess up what I would like to see 
and we'll get to that in a second. So uh, next um, on the list, who would you guys have uh, going uh, fifth? So we got uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas? Yeah. I got Jaron Jackson. Um, I think Jaron Jackson is potentially the best big in this draft. Uh, He's potentially also the best two-way player in this draft. Uh, Great wingspan. Uh, He's a project player, however. I think that coming in, expecting him to, you know, just be like the next, like Draymond 2.0, it's not going to be that immediately. I think he has to get acclimated to the NBA game because he has some motor issues. Um, His three-point stroke is weird, but it works for what we've seen. And the thing is, though, is that he wasn't the best player on his team because I think that they were playing a lot of guys out of position. Uh, when it comes to Dallas, I think that they have to make this pick here because either – I think it's either him or Bamba. They have to get, get a big to replace Dirk, and they also have to uh, have a guy that can run with Dennis Smith Jr. And I think that Jaron Jackson is the prototypical – player that you want in the NBA now, two-way guy. But what do we see, man? We, we say this every spring. We see, it, we see it for the last three springs when it comes to the finals. We see it, the same player. He's, he's long, he can switch, and that's why this team is going to the second round. He's long, he, he, he can switch, that's why this team is going to the finals. We have to keep that in perspective, man. That's the prototypical guy that you need in the NBA now, man. So, Jaron Jackson is 6'11", also his dad played in the NBA. I think, in my opinion, at his peak, this guy is like a way better Draymond Green. I mean, a, I mean, a consistent three-point shot. A guy who potentially is a defensive player of the year candidate. And I think that Dallas has to make the pick here for Jaron Jackson because he is so young also. I think he's the youngest player in, the, in this draft. So that projects to be a guy that you can have in your team for 10-plus years as your staple on defense. And plus, you need, you need a guy that can run with Dennis Smith Jr., man. You have to have a guy that plays defense behind him. And I think that Dallas will look at their uh, future and be like, look, Dirk is out of here soon. Harrison Barnes, is a he's, he's an okay player, but we don't have box office guys yet. And we need Dennis and Jaron to carry on the mantle as – our next guys. And now, Q, do you do you you like um, Jaron Jackson better than Bamba? Personally, I think personally, in my opinion, Mo Bamba is the best player in in this draft. In my personal opinion, I I, I, I think the dude. What's up? No, no, go ahead. No, I was saying I think I think Mo Bamba is the best player in this draft. Man, seven ten, seven ten wingspan, his three point stroke, dude. He's working out with Joel Embiid every day. This man is like, if mad scientists came together in a lab and said, you know what, let's get a player that can stop Joel Embiid. <laughs> like, like, that's just, you know, what I think of him as. And Mo Bamba, he just has so much potential to be, like, an absolute freak that we've never seen. Well, I Like, people use the word alien a lot and, like, use the word freak a lot. This dude could be an alien and then be like, I've never seen anything like this. Um, Gobert has long arms. This dude makes Gobert's arms look like T-Rex arms, man. Like, his reach is ridiculous. Like, standing reach, he's touching the, the rim, like the top of the rim. So that in the middle, 
him and Dennis Smith coming at you in transition because he can run. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's, that's, that's absolutely scary. But I think that Dallas is just going to take the safe pick here because Jaron is a two-way guy. But Bamba, to me, in my personal opinion, he has the potential to be a two-way guy where it's like you see that stroke, you see his defensive potential. It's like having like Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns melded together, their best qualities. That's what I think peak Mobamba could be. His floor is that he's a better Clint Capella, and that's already a player that's getting $80 million uh, on a contract who's being one of your best guys, the defensive player of the year, potential type guy. His floor is a great player. His ceiling is a phenomenal player. So I think Mobamba might be the safest guy, the safe, to be a safest big besides Wendell Carter in this draft. So I love Mobamba. Yeah, I 1,000% I, I agree with you. That's the reason why I, I was surprised that you had him not going to Dallas. Uh, but, no, you had him going to Memphis, right? I got Mo Bamba going all the way to seven in Chicago. That would be awesome, but I, but honestly, if I'm if I'm Dallas, that's who I'm taking, um, mainly because of how he pairs with Dennis Smith. Obviously, you know, Dirk probably only has a year or two left. Um, but but like you said, the transition and the fact that you already know Mo Bamba is going to average at least one and a half to three blocks a game. You know, I think that's the range where he's going to be at. And you get that many opportunities to, to, to run in transition to get that type of stop. That That's going to be scary. And you already know Dennis Smith is an athletic freak. Then you throw it up to a guy that can touch the rim already. And he got hops. It's not like he can't jump. So you can put the ball anywhere. I I, I like that pairing. Now, the, the, the thing I don't like about it is that there are reports that Mo Bamba doesn't have the drive to want to be the best. Like he's not Kobe. He's not maniacal. He's not in the gym every single day trying to just be the greatest ever, right? Like he doesn't have that. And Rick Carlisle to play for him, to be on his good side, you got to be kind of that kind of guy. So I don't know from a coach player perspective, if it mends well, but play like, like looking to the future, and what I, I said it earlier in, the, in in this podcast. If you got a little guy that's dominant, you need a big guy that can physically impose his will. And nobody's gonna m- more in this draft physically impose their will on both sides of the court than Mo Bamba. So I, I like Mo Bamba here. So, what do the Magic do at number six? Who, who do you guys have? Um, who do you got FIFA? You know, Trey Young, man. Well, for you, because that's where you have them slipping. But, yeah, I think I think that is yeah. the – outside of the Hawks moving back and trying to get Trey Young um, or just taking them at three, I think that Orlando – like, this is – desperation. They need a Trey Young. Because think about it. They already drafted Alfred Payton. And I told you what he was going to be, Ken. You didn't want to believe me. Um, you did. Um, you know, they already moved on from a defensive point guard. So, obviously, who's still available is Colin – but it, yeah, but if you already moved on from Alfred, why are you going to replace him with Colin? Who's a one-dimensional point guard? Yeah, he's a defensive guy. And if now, you're Colin, the, Colin Sisson's offense. Well, he, he 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 can put the ball. He's be, he's better than Alfred Payton on the offensive. Yeah, end. he's more of a scoring point guard. He, I guess is what I'm what I saw. I think he just has a killer instinct, and it's on defense and offense. 
but okay. but but I don't think that he's like a natural born scorer, and I don't think he's gonna get you know fifteen a game, barely fifteen a game in the NBA. So is that Even, who you have them taking? Um, at to me because in my draft I have I I would put uh they need a lot they do and and and, and the thing that this draft has a lot of is bigs. Mm-hmm. And they don't need another big. They need a point guard. So in my draft, you know, Trey Young isn't there. But just going by what everybody um, is pretty much saying, Trey Young should still be available because the Hawks ain't going to take him. So if he's available, that's the best pick for them by far. Yeah, that, because he, he's, they have to have a guy. Yeah, they, they don't have a guy. And then when you look at um, Aaron Gordon, right, I see the next Blake Griffin, but we saw Blake Griffin's game take a step when what? CP3 left. No, when CP3 got there. Yeah, Remember, guard, there was a boom and, uh, in Blake's Griffin. Exactly. Let me go. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Think about it. Now, uh, Blake was rookie of the year. You know, so deserved, he was good, but he took a leap forward oh, with the, CP. The David West effect. Exactly. <laughs> That's what great point guards do, though. Yeah, they, they elevate their bigs. It, it makes the game easier. They, look at how Dame and Lamarck is dominating. Mm-hmm. Every little guy needs a big guy it, it, because we can't physically impose our will. We need a, a guy to do that type right. of stuff. So, so it, like Aaron Gordon, I think his game takes another step forward if you draft Trey Young instantly. Yeah, no, I yeah. yeah. Yeah, if he's there, and I think I saw a couple of mocks have, have him going there. I personally wouldn't would like to see him there. You said you wouldn't like to see Orlando him? Orlando has to take him. Nah, because I don't want to watch Trey Young and Orlando. No, I feel you. I feel you. Orlando, Orlando, they have to, though. I know, but. Man, they have to because they, they have no other option, man. When you, I think they just signed Steve Clifford as their uh, head coach. So they have to take Trey Young here because they need a box office guy that is going to attract attention. Like, you have to think about not only the draft from the X's and O's, you also got to think about it from the fact that this is a product that that people are trying to sell. And owners want a guy that's going to sell tickets, and they want a guy who's good. So when you're Orlando, you can't really be beggars choosers here. You have to take the guy who averaged 28. And I think that Trey Young makes your guys around them a little bit better. It's not like a Luka gene where, like, everyone around you is going to be balling out. But I think that he makes guys like uh, Hezonia. I think mm-hmm. he makes guys like Fournier and guys like Aaron Gordon better. Orlando knows deep down that they completely, like, flubbed their rebuild. Because if you all think about it, they had Oladipo, they had Tobias Harris, and I, I'll give you Alfred Payton. I think he, had, he was pretty good in uh, Phoenix, though. But um, Alfred Payton, it had Vucevic, who was, a, you know, a solid big, and they had – like good guys like Hazonia coming up, and they just kept signing centers like Ibaka, and they signed uh, what's the, name? the dude in Toronto, B- Biombo. Yeah. These, these weird contracts, and then they just traded away all these guys, and now all these other guys have become good good, uh, good players. Like Oladipo is good. Tobias Harris is a great player who is going to get even better because he's only twenty five, and now you just have you're kind of stuck in purgatory where it's like. We don't really have anything but besides Aaron Gordon, who is a very promising guy. I think he he can be better than Blake Griffin because he he doesn't have the health issues, um, so his development won't get stunted. 
So I think Trey Young has to be the guy here because they just need a guy with, with potential uh, star offensive talent. And he's an underrated playmaker, too. So I think they have to go with Trey Young here. 28-8. and eight. Um, All right. So, God, I don't, I don't want to see that happen. Because, um, like you said, they're they're just they're just purgatory, man. I, I, it'd just be a waste of his talents. Um, the Bulls. Uh, who do you have the Bulls taking? Q. I got Bamba here. Um, I think him and Laurie Marketing would be a fantastic uh, front court. Um, it'd be like a poor man's version of it if he fell to New to New York. But I think Laurie Marketing is going to be a good player. They just need a guy. Thank hey, um, you. What's up? What's up? Did you see that Laurie marketing picture of how slow he's gotten over the summer? Yeah, everyone's working out. I saw Kuzma's also working out with The Rock. Like every, like mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Guys just want to get their bodies right. Miles Turner, same thing. And uh, Laurie marketing, I think he could, he could be a player, man. I think that he is. I really like his game already. Him, him and Bamba together with Zach Levine. And maybe Chris Dunn, if he could be anything, I think he improved last year. I think that's a solid core to start with. And you have good role players. And you uh, got Bobby Portis. Portis. Um, yeah, like Portis. you got Portis there. And you have, what's his name, uh, Denzel Valentine, who I think still should be something in the NBA. You have a bunch of glue guys there. If you put, if you put Bamba there next to marketing and you have Zach Levine, I think you have three of your five on a, on a contending team. You, you just need to nail a point guard trade. Or next year, go after a point guard if you're still in the lottery. And then I think you're right there that you just trade for your wing. But I think Chicago, if Garth Foreman could just not mess this up, I think that Bamba, if he's there, he's right there. Take the guy who can make Lori marketing better because then Lori can extend his range out to the three-point. Even though he already is a great three-point shooter, he'll be able, able to take more and Bomber will be able to accentuate on defense because then you won't be able to go into the paint on Chicago and put all the stress on defense on Laurie's shoulders. You, you, you kind of have like a twin tower thing going on there, but I think it can work because both of these bigs will have three-point range. So Chicago, if he's, if he's there, I think they go uh, Mo Bamba. Okay. Uh, did, you have, did you have that one mocked out? Uh, Chicago. Let me see who who I have going already. Uh, honestly, I, I I didn't get I didn't okay. get this far. Um, yeah, the uh, let's see. So the Cavs. Um, this is an interesting spot for them. It is because. Porter Jr. could fall all the way to them. I don't think it's going to happen. Trey Young could fall all the way to them. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but hold on. Let's pause right there. So, if they do get Michael Porter or Trey Young, is that enough for LeBron? Or is LeBron already out of there? I think LeBron's already out of there. Um, I think LeBron will have to look at the medical report. <laughs> Porter's back. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping and praying that they get Michael Porter Jr., Mm-hmm. Um, I just like I just like what I saw. Like this dude is electric. This dude, this dude, man, it's 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 a shame that he has the back issues because I think he he definitely had nets. Mm-hmm. And if 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 his back issues are not or won't be a problem, mm-hmm. then I, I I think he will have nets. Um, but mm-hmm. we'll find out how 
concerned teams are with his back if he's still on the board here. Um, so I think Porter Jr. is on there and Trey Young is on there. And I think if he's still available, Wendell Carter Jr. will be on their list. Um, who do you have, Q? Uh, right here, I got uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. What? Uh, what kind of mock draft are you doing? Yeah, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, Cleveland likes him a lot. They also like Colin Sexton, so either of them can go here. But they need a, a ball handler. Um, if Michael Porter falls here, then I think this is a no-brainer, but I don't think he's falling past Orlando at all uh, if he gets out of the top five. But um, – I think Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's a young guard. Uh, I think he has a seven-foot wingspan at 6'6". Incredible defensive talent. Uh, he has a lot of offensive upside as a shooter. Like, when he's set, he's pretty he's pretty solid. He's not amazing. And he gets to the rim with, like, he has, like, a hardened gene in him where he can stop on a dime and get to his other hand so quickly but so smoothly and lay it up with either hand. And I think that if he can – work on just getting like his shot up quicker, then I think that Shea Gilbert Alexander might be the steal of the draft because he's such a versatile like point guard that any type of offense is a plus. Plus Cleveland, they need a swing for the fences here. And I think that will, what will ultimately scare them away from Colin Sexton is the fact that perhaps he was a, like a good to okay player on a very bad team as the only option. Uh, they get a 32 and a half usage rate. He was like the only offense Alabama. So I don't know if it's so much killer instinct and killer mentality rather than who else going to score but me. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that's a lot of what was going on in Alabama. And I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I think that they're going to take the smarter player here. And I think Cleveland is going to go with uh, Gibbs Alexander out of Kentucky. Um. Okay. Yeah. I. I think if if Porter's gone, if Trey Young gone, um, I think they may go a little bit with with name here, name recognition, and uh, Sexton and and Love, um, could work because you know they need offense and you know I, I, that guy they they that, this Alexander kid. I think he has work to do, and I don't know if they'll be patient enough to to wait that out, but. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Or, you know, they may, like I said, probably go with Wendell Carter Jr. because they want to get rid of Tristan Thompson. And, um, and, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. So, uh, moving on the Knicks, uh, I, I think they're in an interesting spot, um, because they like Trey Young too. I, at, at this point, we don't think he'll be there. Uh, but Colin Sexton may still be there if they take Alexander or, um, or uh, uh, Carter Jr. Um, who do you, who do you have um, them taking? Q the Knicks. Uh, Sexton, I think that's the um, I think that's the easy pick him uh, to pick him here. Why um, though? They yeah, ha- they have Frank. Yeah. Because all right, here's the here's the reason why. I think that what they're doing with Frank is I personally what I see Frank how you say it? I don't know. Tilla or Nilakina. Anyway. Frankie Smokes, as everyone calls him. Um, I think that he's like the Iguodala of like a championship team, man. He's going to be inserted in, into the starting five because he's a fantastic um, defensive player. 
But I think that he's not your primary ball handler on a championship team. I think the reason why they go with Colin Sexton here, and I know that that'll give them what? Uh, Colin, Trey Burke, Frank, and Moutier. But I don't think two of those guys last throughout the entire season for the Knicks. So I think that it'll end up being Frank and uh, Colin Sexton. I think it was, he's not a great shooter, shot 33 and a half. Uh, but his mechanics, man, that they they aren't broken. Like they like the shot looks good enough. Uh, he just needs to raise the efficiency to be a great player. And contrary to what I said earlier, if he can prove that it wasn't just good stats, bad team, I think he does have a slight bit of star potential, almost in the vein of like a Kemba Walker, where it's like, you know what, I'll pay to see him play tonight because he gets to the rim. He's he is ferocious in the way he attacks the, the rim. And when he gets hot, man, he gets hot. And I think that New York likes a guy like that. And he is a smart player, but but the knock on him coming out of Alabama is the fact that he doesn't make the greatest of decisions. Kind of a mixed bag. But the thing is, though, is that you can't name the, the second-best player on his team. And now you can think of this as a good thing or a bad thing, what I'm about to say, but – is he good Markel Fultz or is he bad Markel Fultz? Because if he's good Markel Fultz, that means that him coming out of Washington, a.k.a. this Alabama team, if he's coming out of Washington and he was the best player on on the team and he was balling out, then he was just balling out, and that's just his talent. But if he's bad Markel Fultz, everyone's going to look at him and be like, oh, see, there was no one on his team. He was just getting good stats and stuffing the sheet. I think that New York goes and swings for the fences here with a guy that has a little bit of like a Kemba in him. And I think that pairing him with a Porzingis and potentially uh, a tanking season where they'll get a guy like a Zion or another guy, one of, one of those guys from Duke, I think you start to see a little something um, materialize here. So I, I have Colin Sexton, guard Alabama, going ninth to New York. Um. Okay. Yeah. I. I think if if Wendell Carter's on the on the board, I think they may get him. Um. But uh, we'll see. So next up are the Seventy Sixers. Last I saw, they were interested in a guy named Zaire Smith. Um. Who do you have the Sixers? Your squad. Who do you have them drafting? Q. There's three guys. Uh, Mikael Bridges from the Villanova. Uh, three and D wing, forty three percent from three, incredible D defensive talent can come in and can contribute immediately. What plagued the Sixers last year, besides from their uh, youth and their inexperience, is the fact that they don't have a lot of guys that can come in, get their own shot, and, and um, switch on defense. That's like the biggest thing that I've seen is we don't have guys that can do that. So I think that aside from Covington. And aside from Simmons and Embiid, we don't have a lot of defensive guys like Boston had. They have Tatum, Rozier, Brown. They even have guys like Shane Larkin that can come in and get good minutes. And they have a deep bench. So we have to come in this to this draft with three potential guys. It's, it's Mikhail Bridges, it's Kevin Knox from Kentucky, and I think it's Zaire Smith. The other two are pretty good good players from Texas Tech. Zaire, he's kind of an unknown, but he's athletic as I don't know what. Kevin Knox is, I think he's the youngest player in the draft, just turned 18. Mm. So you have like a Tatum potential there with Knox. I'm not saying that he has the same game as him, 
But I think the potential is, like, you have a young guy who can switch multiple positions, knock down three, three and D. And I think that Philadelphia, after getting the spanking in the playoffs this year, you have to have a guy like that in mind because that was ultimately your downfall. So you're almost matching firepower for firepower with Boston. You're trying to keep up. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think Michael Bridges is the one that I like uh, the most out of those three. Um, but I do like Kevin Knotts a lot too. Um, okay. So after them, uh, the Hornets, the Hornets are on the board. They traded Dwight Howard, um, and they still have Kimball Walker, um, at 11. Who do you have them taking? All right. So I either got them taking Kevin Knox or Wendell Carter here. Um, I think that the pick would probably end up being Kevin Knox because they're probably going to get out from under, um, MKG very, very soon. But Kevin Knox, potential 3-and-D guy, like I said, incredibly young and raw. But there's talent there that can be molded into something very, very special. Um, probably like an Ariza 2.0 type of guy there if he pans out. 6'9", very athletic guy. I think that Kevin Knox could be that guy for them and pair him with, with like a Monk and a Kemba if he's still there, which I think they probably move him sometime soon. But those three guys together could be something that gives Charlotte a little bit of excitement. But Wendell Carter, to me, also is like a Al Horford guy. And I think that those guys in the NBA are going to start coming um, into like a list of important must-haves in drafts because a guy that does it all, you really can't get mad at that. So those two guys probably. And other than that, I didn't see them going anywhere else other than those two guys, really. Yeah, and if Carter is there, it would make sense considering the fact that they just got rid of Howard, so you can replace him with the center, and you already got Malik Monk. You got Kimmel Walker. Kimmel Walker leaves Malik Monk, even though he's a, he's more of a two, can slide into that spot. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, you know, it, it, so, yeah. So I, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, next mm -hmm. up, uh, Clippers. Clippers, so um, – who do you have them taking? I got them taking Lonnie Walker mm. from uh, you from the University of Miami. FIFA, have you seen Lonnie Walker's game? Oh, he's, he stepped away for a second. Okay, okay. Well, either way, Lonnie Walker is fantastic. Um, from what I've seen at, at Miami, he has like if you if, if you watch any of his tape, can he's like literally he's like. I'm trying to figure out a guy like Zach, like a Zach Levine, and let me just think of another player like Zach Levine and Oladipo. You mix those two guys, I think that's what Lion Walker's ceiling could be, because he's in probably the best athlete in this draft besides Zaire Smith. Jumps out the gym, shoots the three ball well. Only downsides are probably a little bit of a dribbling issue. And he is a potential defensive stopper as well because he has all the athletic tools for him to get to stay with guys, to stay in front of guys, and to get his hands on balls that really you just can't teach that type of stuff. Um, but I think with just the right amount of um, just reps, I think it will come naturally to him because he's such a athletically gifted guy. So I have Lonnie Walker, shooting guard out of University of Miami. Uh, FIFO's back. Have you seen Lonnie Walker play? Out of Miami? No. No. Okay. But but um I've read a lot about him. I like him. Yeah. He's fantastic. I like him. Okay, so him to the Clippers and then the Clippers have back to back picks 
So who do they take after that with the 13th pick, the second to last pick? 13? In the lottery. 13? Yeah. After taking Lonnie Walker, I have them taking Miles Bridges here. Um, if Kevin Knox is still there, obviously they, they take him. But I think that Miles Bridges and Lonnie Walker, if you come away with that, I think you have two great pieces to rebuild your team with, along with a guy like Tobias Harris, Patrick Beverly, Lou, Lou Williams. You have a bunch of great uh, glue guys. And I think that Jerry West, if he cannot trade these two picks, I think Jerry West, um, I think you all talked about this earlier, but Jerry West has been trying to get up into the top ten, top five to select Michael Porter Jr. Um, but if he can't get that, I think that leaving this draft with my, with Miles Bridges and Lonnie Walker will make for incredible pieces to build around. Because Miles Bridges, to me, I think he's going to be like a four or a three in the NBA. But he can defend multiple positions, knocks down, you know, the open three. And I think he can handle the ball well. And I think he can initiate offense. And also, he's athletic as I don't know what. So if you leave this draft with two athletic guys like Lonnie Walker and Miles Bridges, I think that the Clippers have really great building blocks and they can always package these guys that they just acquire because what they don't understand is that Jerry West, if he were to keep them, these, these, uh, these picks, he's going to pick guys that other teams immediately within the hunt will want because if you have guys like Lonnie Walker, you have guys like you know Knox or Bridges here, which I think is like the pick Bridges, but you have guys like Jordan, you have guys like um, Patrick Beverly, if you are able to put together like a first round pick and like two or three of those guys for a guy like Kawhi or a guy like PG or, you know, a guy like Anthony Davis, then you're back already. The Clippers, they have positioned themselves in a great place. And I think that if you're a Clippers fan, it's going to be rough for another year or so, but they're stockpiling a lot of assets. And plus if they were to keep this pick or if they just turn it into Porter, Either way, you're going to get your star, and I think that they're doing the smart thing by either staying or trying to trade it up. So you really can't lose with either situation, but I got them going back-to-back, Walker and Bridges. And if, if think about it this way, too. I mean, given, uh, you know, Wes's track record in, in drafting players, I mean, you know, if he if he hits on these guys, you know, who knows who, what he can stumble on. He could stumble on another version of Clay and, and Curry. You just never know. So, um, you know, that that's possible. Um, so, True. you know, especially with, you know, their upside. So it just depends on, like, what staff he puts in place to develop these guys. So um, so the lottery goes, what, 14 deep, right? So I, I think it's just 13 deep. 13? 14, it's like right there. Uh, yeah. No, it's 14 because 16 teams make the oh, yeah. playoffs. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So, the last one on the board are the Nuggets. Um, oh, I you, forgot about the Nuggets. Yeah, did you mock them up? Yeah, I have for the Nuggets. I have, where, where is that? I'm sorry. I got them actually trading this pick in real life, but if we're talking about just, like, mock draft, what I think they'll do – See, see, this is see, this is hard because they they barely made made the playoffs. I'm sorry, they barely missed the playoffs. But I think they take a guy like Troy Brown or Zaire Smith here, and um, Troy Brown is a great guard out of Oregon, shooting guard, small forward, 
And he's just a two-way guy. And I think that that's just where the league is going for the next, like, five, six years. And I think that the Nuggets, they need versatile guys that you can put next to Jamal Murray so he doesn't get exploited. And I think that guys like Gary Harris, as great as they are, I think that Nuggets fans will have to come to grips with the fact that this kid, while he's very good, he's just incredibly injury-prone. So you you have to have a guy waiting in the wings that if you don't extend him, then it's like, okay, we still have Troy, Troy Brown. Plus, Zaire Smith is just a great athlete, Texas Tech. Doesn't really know what his position is, but his mechanics on his shot aren't broken. So he could develop into a ridiculous like type of athlete that can shoot the ball, and that's very dangerous in today's NBA because we don't really see a lot of those guys besides probably Zach Levine. And um, I think that there's a lot of options for them here, but I think it's Troy Brown – uh, Zaire Smith. Also, one 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 uh, more guy that I want to talk about was uh, Robert Williams out of uh, uh, Texas A&M. Uh, I think he's a sophomore. I think he was a sophomore. But either way, he has clear like pros and cons in his game. But once again, two-way guy, man. I really think that he can block shots. Incredibly athletic. Incredibly athletic. And I think that what makes him dangerous for them here is the fact that. He could be your backup guy immediately behind Jokic. And I think that they don't really have a guy for Jokic to kind of spell some minutes for him. But I think that those options are wide open for him. Also, don't sleep on uh, DiVincenzo out of Villanova. <laughs> he could fill it up too. But I, I got them taking Zaire Smith here. All right. Cool. Well, that that's that's it, man. Um that's the NBA draft coverage. Obviously, the draft goes down uh, tonight um, at the time that you guys are here this. And, you know, we'll see who goes where, who trades what. Um, and it should be exciting. A uh, lot of names um, in this draft. So while, you know, a lot of people aren't hyped about it, um, I think I think we're, we're going to have some pieces, some future pieces um, that we'll see in the NBA um, for year for years to come. So, um, so yeah. So that's it. Did you got any, you got anything else, Q? Um, I don't, I don't think I do. I I actually I, I actually do have one quick topic. Um, people, what do you think about Michael Porter as a prospect? Um, see, I have I'm I'm very conflicted with with him because. On one hand, I see this potential that everyone is talking about. But on the other hand, I also see the incredible potential for this to be a flop pick at the end of the day. Because of the injury? It's like both sides. Yeah, it's, it's the injury, but it's not just that. It's really not just that. I, I've, I've looked at his high school tape, and I've looked at all the knocks on him. And I think that he has a bad shot selection. I think he takes a lot of bad shots, and I think that from what I've heard, he's not very easy to coach. He's kind of a head case. Like, thinks he's, like, the best guy on every team that he's played on. And I'm not saying he's not, but doesn't really pass the ball very well. Um, sloppy handle, and plus a back injury at 18, having to get your spine corrected, your, like, lower lumbar, and plus the hip spasms. That type of stuff for that type of bad posture at 6'11", it scares me for a team that – cannot afford to miss on a guy that has that type of potential because the guy's are getting fired if he doesn't turn out to be good or if he's just hurt all the, all the time. I think that 
his potential on one side for for his upside, you have a guy like a mixture of like a Rudy Gay and a Giannis, like the best qualities of them. I like it, but there's so much on the red flag side that I think a team like a Chicago should be able to get away with with taking him because it's like he, hey, you know, he fell and what what were we supposed to do? Pass on him? He has this much p- potential. But a guy, but a team like Memphis, they have to be absolutely sure that his back is fine and that he's the player for them. Because if not, guys are out of the door. Like guys are getting fired. Well, here's the thing. I think him going to Memphis is perfect because even if they miss, right? Like Memphis is still ready made to be a playoff contender. Right, I, I'm not saying championship contender, but playoff contender, even without sure. the number four pick. So I think that's the reason why it's like a no pressure situation there for him. Um, in terms of him as an actual basketball player, I really like it. The only question mark right now is the injuries, right? So can we get over the injury hurdle, right? We've seen him be. We waited for him for three seasons. I've been telling you since day one. I laid my eyes on him. He was the real deal. Right. But we had to wait three years just for him to prove the point. But at the end of the day, when you have that much talent, you have to take them. You know, um, even if you miss, I think that you don't get fired in low pressure situations. Now, if you draft somebody like him and he needs to have immediate impact and he doesn't, those are the GMs that get fired. So not every situation has the same temperature of water. Some of them are hotter than others. And I think that in Memphis is pretty cool because <laughs> you got established yeah. guys. You have two established, legitimate veteran guys with playoff experience. You don't ha- you don't have to rely on these rookies to produce. If you produce and you get along, thank you. If you don't, we'll give you time. You'll get opportunities. And if you don't work out, we're going to be a lottery team anyway in the future once we mm. move on. So, so there's certain teams I think at the top of this draft that they really can't lose, and they can just chuck up their hands to say, "Hey, what else were we supposed to do?" I think the Hawks are kind of in that situation. That's why I like the Boomer Bust with the Trey Young. That's why I I have Michael Porter going to to Sacramento, mm. number two. Okay, you got you got. Look, Michael Porter is the one guy in this draft when healthy is gonna get you twenty. You don't have to question it. Now, in terms of the shot, the shot selection, you get better. Like, you know, I, I think whenever we have these drafts, we are projecting that these guys are going to stay the same five years from now. No. Once you get in the NBA system, I'm not saying that you're going to, you know, take the worst shots and all of a sudden you take the best shots because, again, it goes down to situation, head coaching, situations, uh, this, that, and the third. But at the end of the day, there's certain aspects that just naturally get better because you're playing at the level that you're playing at in the NBA. His shot selection will get better. Can we not all agree here um, that Russell Westbrook's shot selection has been better? I'm not saying it's the best it can possibly be, but he has improved. Everybody improves in certain ways, and I, I think that's one of those things that you just give them. You know what I'm saying? How far it goes, we don't know. We can't project that. But we have to give him the fact that he that will get better. I think I feel you, though. Uh, also, before we go, at, by, at the time of this recording, uh, ESPN just came out saying that the Grizzlies expect interest in the number four pick, and they're talking to seven teams that include... Who? Um, wait, wait, wait. Say Dallas. that one more time, Q. Oh, the Grizzlies 
uh, expects interest in the number four pick, and they're talking to seven teams right now, uh, Dallas Mavericks, Orlando Magic, Chicago Bulls, the Knicks, Denver Nuggets, Boston Celtics, Clippers. Uh, Clippers, I expect them, and, and this is me talking, because the Clippers, if they want to move up to number four, I expect it's for, it's for Porter uh, or, or Bagley. Uh, Boston, that's that's Bomba all day. Oh yeah, all day. Uh, that's Den- the only guy. Denver, Denver, I think it's Porter. Knicks, I think it's Porter or or Bamba. Or Young. Like both. I I I think yeah. Young is in play for the Knicks. Yep, I, I because you got to remember that's a box office yep. place. As that's <laughs> box office, and you already got Chris yeah, Stapps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Garden, yeah. Bulls. Who do you all think that's for? If the Bulls want to move up, what three three spots? Is that for Trey, or are they going? To- there or I think I think if, if they're moving up, they're either eyeing Bamba or Trey Young. Okay, Orlando Magic, they moving up two spots potentially. I think that's anybody. that's Trey Young. That could be for Luca. That could be for yeah. anybody. Yeah, I think I think Michael Porter, Trey Young, and Luca. If Orlando's trying to move up, and then Dallas, I think Dallas wants Luka Doncic all day. I think they, they want do. Luca, Marvin. Or um, or Bamba. For real, I, I think they yeah, want one so, of those two. Uh, this is this is just as as the recording. But the thing is, though, is that the only stipulation. This is from ESPN. The only stipulation on trading. Well, they they will have to take on Chandler Parsons' contract. They're trying to get out from under that bad contract. I think it's two more years, forty million dollars for Chandler Parsons. That's the only steep thing about trading up for this number four pick. But the thing is, though, is that I think the team that could take that on and not really care about it is a team like the Clippers because I trust uh, Jerry West to be able to get out from under Chandler Parsons and flip that again. Uh, Boston, same thing. But I think teams like New York, teams like Chicago, and teams like Orlando should be wary about putting money up for Chandler Parsons because they don't really have the savviest of GMs there right now. Um, and they'll be so in play for for a star next year, right? 2019, the Knicks. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah, they have a max contract spotted, mm-hmm. so they don't want to get yeah, stuff so, like that. Exactly, and they and they want guys like who uh, Clay Thompson. Uh, I think uh, AD is a free agent next year, right? I think it's, I think AD is one. So they 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 want to be able to make runs at guys. So if Chandler Parsons' contract hat is like. It's non-negotiable for uh, Memphis. I don't expect many teams besides probably uh, Clippers to trade up. All right. Well, man, yeah, tomorrow is going to be crazy. It is. Uh, I'm definitely have uh, because we're going to be at the thing. Yeah. Uh, you 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 know you know um, what we didn't really talk about or, or didn't get too much into are the trades that are going to happen tomorrow mm-hmm. and big time players uh, you know obviously moving places so I, I think that'll be too hard to kind of project because you know it, it, I I know there's going to be a lot of movement tomorrow I know that for a fact. Well, throw some names out there before before, before we go. Like, who do you think? Just name some guys that you think could be on the move. Obviously, Jalen Brown. If if the Celtics are trying to move up, Jalen Brown has to be part of that situation. I think. Inter- do, you think mm-hmm. do you think Dame could be on the trade block? Dame, Dame, or CJ? Because I heard that Portland wants to wants to get some picks, and I, I think they kind of resign themselves to the fact that in today's NBA, you can't win a championship when your two best players only. All your point guard, your shooting guard, you have to have yeah. a wing or a big man. Yeah. 
Again. And I think that for the last year or so, they've been tussling with, with the fact of we really aren't able to get much movement if we have these two max point guard and two shooting what, guard guys. What, what, I think that's also what Washington's trying to do, too. Now, I, with Portland's situation, it's not the fact that they're paying Dame and CJ. It's the fact that, you know, Jokic has a contract now. Miles um, Turner makes, or not Miles, uh, Evan Turner makes um, a decent amount of money. Um, they're already over the luxury tax. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. it, it, like, that's a problem because, you, yeah, you got your two guys, Jokic, you know, or Nurkic. I, I always get those two guys confused, but their big man, you know, he's not consistent enough. So they don't really have a third guy. So they, they're, they're in a quandary right now. So if they're going to move on from one of those guys, I feel it. I understand it. Um, you know, I, I always say it on this show, like it's, it's not personal as business, you know? Um, and also I think Kemba Walker could be on the move. Yeah. I was going to ask you about him. Yeah. I, I definitely think he could be on the move. Um, now, okay. So another hypothetical, if he goes to Cleveland, is that enough for LeBron to stay? Nah, man. LeBron needs more than that. LeBron's need, he needs a wing or a big guy that's like, dominant. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, you know, he gets a Kyrie Irving light, you know. And, he, and here's the thing. I would say that Make Kemba, stuff work. Go ahead. Yeah, Ke- Ke- Kemba is – he's not Kyrie, but if, 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 if Kyrie had a chink in his offensive game, then you're Kemba. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you're talking about off-the-dribble shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking catching shooting. You're talking clutch. You know, and, and and I just think Kemba's like a slight step below Kyrie in all of those things. But we know that that Kemba can get off, and he's not scared of nobody. And, nah. I, and I like for LeBron to play with guys like that. And I think that with Kemba, Kemba will give up more of his game to LeBron than Kyrie was willing to. Mm-hmm. So I think that Kemba as a fit would fit overall better with LeBron because he'll be willing to play more off LeBron versus like, nah, I'm a guy too, like the whole Kobe Shaq complex. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also LeBron, and- just needed, LeBron, all he needed was a guy that could get a bucket for him last year, man. There was not really a guy that would consistently get a bucket. Kemba's not like, you know, this efficiency guy, but he can get more buckets than George Hill can. He probably wouldn't have missed that free throw either, so. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, yeah. Kimba can go cold at times, but I mean the guy averaged over twenty, you know, exactly with, with ease. And, and, and when the lights are bright, he step up. Mm-hmm. He's since UConn, since yep. UConn, we've seen it in the Garden. We see the step back, the snatch back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So nah, man, nah, nah. I I, I really like that. But is that enough though? I think it'd be enough for him to think about it. I you know, it. and you know. At, the way he said it's you, a lifestyle you know, choice for him. And I get that too. You you you, you know you know where I think uh Cleveland messed up. What's gonna hurt them is that they can make a move for Kemba, but those contracts of Tristan and JR yep. and all of those other guys, not named Kevin Love, it, it, it's really gonna stranglehold them because I don't think Kemba's enough. But if they were able to pull off another move in addition to getting Kemba, then Brian got to look at the situation like, wait, 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 hold on now. Right. I got Kemba, I yeah. got another guy, and I got Kevin Love, and I could come back and sign the max. I might, I might, you know, have to hold down the Ford in Cleveland. Yeah, you may decide to just say, hey, you know, again, you're going to wait, see what Paul, what Paul George or Kawhi do. What if they don't go to L.A.? Mm-hmm. So then you'd be like, all right, well, 2019. 
Mm-hmm. You know, L.A. may just sit this one out. And we'll just mm-hmm. say, all right, we'll see you guys next year when you guys are free agents. Mm-hmm. So LeBron will be like, all right, cool, I'll re-up for one more yeah, year. One plus one. And then I'll holler at you guys mm-hmm. next year. You know, if they if they got Kimball Walker. Yep. And somebody else. And somebody else, yeah. So yeah, I, I can see them trying to get out of Tristan or J.R. Smith at some point, you know, in, in the offseason. Well, 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 here's the thing, right? So, like, just think me, me thinking of the uh, Hornets roster and just the monies that have to be moved and everything, right? And obviously, I think Cleveland at this point, they're, they're ready and willing to get out from Tristan and J.R. So taking back, let's say, uh, a Nick Batum. Mm-hmm. So you bring back Nick Batum and Kemba. Right, like I, I, I'm, I'm starting to like that. I'm, you know, because because you know, Batum, he's a spot up shooter. He's yeah. long and rangy. You know, he's a very <laughs> Trevor Ariza esque yep. kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I like that man. I, I really like that. I really like. Yeah, that. he doesn't need the ball to be effective. Nope. Yep. So nope. he'll be a good piece. He could be their Draymond. You know, I don't know. He'll, well, he'll be there, Ariza. Oh, there, Ariza. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. One name I think could be on the move, though, that um, I think a lot of people could, could could come see. Well, I think some people could see it, but Wiggins. Yeah, I think he could be in play I think too. He could be on the move, man. I think he could be on the move because I just don't think it's going to work. Jimmy Butler and him. It's not the clashes. He didn't really like his work ethic. I think he takes away from Towns' touches. I think he doesn't make Towns a better player. And I think that a team, I'll tell you this, I think that Toronto could make a move. And if I was GM of of Minnesota, I would be looking at Toronto for something for like a Wiggins. Because but, they they have to reset something, man. They, so, they cannot go into next season but Q, with DeRozan and Lowry again. But Q, you, you we, we already know that trades are two teams, not just one team. So we can't look at this one sided. What is Minnesota taking back? Because I ain't taking back Ibaka. I'm not taking back uh who who is it do they have Tucker or TJ Warren? They got one of those guys. No, nah, it's not Warren, it's not Tucker. They uh, had Tucker they the year uh, before. Who, who's a tough guy on the perimeter? They I don't have some good pieces that I would take if I was um thing is though is that I don't know if they'll have the space. I think it would have to be like for a Lowry if they if they trade a Wiggins because they're two max contracts. I think Wiggins is, he just got cashed out, right? Yeah, yeah, he and did. Lowry just got, he and did. Lowry just got cashed out. So it had to be like a one for one deal. But 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 how but how does that work for Toronto? Because now you're you're losing an all star point guard. As much as I don't necessarily like him, and I think he's a great regular season point guard, but in the playoffs we just have not seen him right. perform. So so like how, how do you replace that? You know what I'm saying? Maybe they could work yeah. out a three-team deal and try to get Dennis Schroeder up there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and, and move on from from Kyle Lowry. But then from Minnesota's right. perspective, I already have Jeff Teague. And if, is Kyle Lowry that much more of an improvement? Is he an all-star point guard in the West? I doubt it. So I, I, I just from, – from two teams – I don't see how or why that would work. From Toronto's perspective, of course, you're, bring, you're, bringing, back, you're bringing home Maple Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Of course you you, right. you want to make that move for Wiggins. But from Minnesota's perspective, obviously they don't have assets. They don't have any draft picks. They don't have any young talent that they would want. Um, who, who, who Who's their uh, light-skinned backup point guard? Van Fleet. Van Fleet. Okay, fine. You throw Van Fleet in there too. But he. But come on, man. Like oh, For Wiggins? Nah. nah I, don't, I, I just I don't see it. And they didn't have I a tough it, I guy. I think it also year. depends on how much you value uh, a Wiggins type. So, at the end of the day, but I can see what you're saying. I think it's. I think that Minnesota 
I think him and Tibbs are button heads, man. I think, I think he screamed at him a couple too many times, and now Wiggins is kind of like, man, F this, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think Thibodeau is, is rubbing and bumping heads in Minnesota too dang much. And I think that he – I understand being a tough coach, but at the same time you have to be able to, um, you know, be a player's coach as well, especially in today's NBA. Like I said earlier, these kids that come up through the AAU and training and all of this, they know each other. You know, they, they're exposed to more at a younger age, and they feel more entitled at a younger age. So what do you think happens once they get a max contract? I'm not saying that you have to treat them like kids because, now you're a grown man professional now. You know, but at the end of the day, like, Thibodeau can't be as abrasive anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, like even even Popovich, he can't be Tim Duncan abrasive anymore. The, these these newer generation guys, you they're not Kobe. They're not Paul Pierce. They're not KG. Right. They're yeah. not that. And you have to be able to talk to them and relate to them. That's the reason why the Mark Jacksons of the world can get where he got out of Golden State and turned the corner with that franchise. You know what I'm saying? That's why the, Fisdale. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Another younger type of coach that can relate to these guys. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like Brett Brown. Brett Brown. You know what I'm saying? So so if you can't do that, I don't know how much success you can have in this NBA. You know, so I think Thibodeau gotta re reevaluate his strategy because think about it. He is alienating and making his two best young players feel some t- some type of way that are supposed to be the future of your franchise. So are you looking to train him already? And this is only Thibodeau's second year. I, I just I just don't know if that marriage is truly going to work out. I know I was a fan of it at the beginning, but just seeing how they are um, performing and, you know, what what, the, what type of dissension is happening in, in that locker room, like it's just it's not good. It's not what you want going into the free agent C period. It's mm-hmm. not what you want going into the draft. So, you know, they, the brain trust has to really make some tough decisions because you can't go into next season like this. And you, you would have thought right. he would have learned from, you know. Chicago. Yeah. But apparently he didn't. I just knew. Like, I knew as soon as – I knew Fibs was washed when, when I saw Derrick Rose get 13 straight points in a playoff game as their best player for a six-minute stretch. I was like, Fibs, Towns is on the court, and he's got two touches. Yep. Derrick Rose has the most points in this whole stretch, and you haven't even called – you have to get cat the ball. I knew, I knew, and like, and I knew as soon as Towns went 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 to the bench and didn't talk to anybody, I knew that this marriage is not going to work out, man. They have to go get a young guy. Like they should have got Fizdale. I think Fizdale on on the on the Wolves would have been a fantastic name. Budenholzer as well, but I think that Minnesota is going to want to make a trade because I think uh, Jamal Crawford opted out. Yep, and. I don't see he didn't like his role. Nope. having many, many more years in the NBA outside of that contract. I think he has, what, one more year? I think he, they got a two-year deal, if I'm not, mis- if I'm not mis- mistaken. But they, they have to get an, another guy. In my opinion, what they should have did was they probably should have traded Wiggins for Butler and kept Le- Le- Levine because Levine looked like he was the better player out of those two. And perhaps that's just a product of kids screaming at Wiggins too much. But – um he just on defense. He hasn't panned out to be that three and D guy that he was. He has very wonky mechanics. I don't know. I put it to you like this: Thibodeau is going to be in very hot water next season. 
especially if they make a a splashy draft day or offseason move, including Mm -hmm. one or all of their young and -and up-and-coming players. If they are, if they slide and slide their way um, out of playoff contention early in the season, it's going to be a wrap. Now, I'd be surprised if they let him finish it out the season. Um, if that happens, he's, it's still going to be – they're not going to bring him back. I, I, I think I think Thibodeau, he has to outdo what he did this year. And I think – what they finished, like fourth or third? Yeah, or, but Jimmy Butler got hurt. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy yeah, I, I feel that. And, and they did improve. But at the end of the day, you know, the guy at the helm should have had a better first round. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they should have just had a better first round. And um, if, if, if they don't improve – or if they start off the gate extremely slow, it's a wrap for Thibs. You think he's gone by Christmas, or are you thinking All Star? If they are ten, let's say let's 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 say they're six games below five hundred at Christmas. He has a job. Ten or less, let's I think he has a 10. job. It's over ten, he don't have no job. Okay. He can't be ten games plus under five hundred. He can't be not with that roster, and especially if he made moves and they don't pan out. It is basically right. what happened to Stan Van Gundy. Mm-hmm. He made moves, right. and and I get it. You know, it it wasn't working. You know, yep. it, with, with mm-hmm. the roster he had, it wasn't working. He he tried to pull off a splashy move, got Blake, didn't get him into the playoffs. I think he would have bought himself hot seat time. If he would have made the playoffs, made the playoffs, I think he would have saved his job. He would have had another offseason. Obviously, they would have tried to add another piece, and we'll see what happens. He would have started slow. He's gone, too. Mm -hmm. Do you think Detroit got any moves in them? Because I know that they got Blake and uh, Andre, but outside of that, Reggie Jackson, that's not a championship uh, core right there. I think you have to. I think you might dangle a guy like Sammy Johnson out there, man, and see see what you can get for him. I think – I think that he hasn't put it together. He's he's been kind of eh here and there. Also, another team, people, uh, Miami. They have a bunch of glue guys, and yeah. I think that they could move some of those contracts to get into the top like twenty again, or maybe like the top fifteen to get a guy that they really like. Because you know, guys like Winslow and guys like Rich, Rich, uh, Richardson, who was thinking was the defensive player of the year candidate this year. Um, those those type of guys, man, I think that if you value them enough to keep them, you keep them, obviously. But if you have a guy that you really like or you have an established star that you want really bad plus your pick, I think that Miami could make some moves to get another guy. Plus, they also have to get out from under Hassan Whiteside's contract. Yeah, I, I, Miami's very interesting. Um, I, I don't think that there's anybody – they can't get high enough to get anybody that is going to move the needle – any which way for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, Miami has to understand that they're going to be in the type of rebuilding mode that you got to draft guys. Um, I think, you mm-hmm. know, as much as I love D-Wade, you got, you know, D-Wade's got to have to walk um, unless he just wants to retire there. But mm-hmm. he just has to understand he's going to play on a bad team. Um, you know, I think you you move Goran Dragic. I think you start to look at accumulating as many draft picks for the future um, because, this offseason, they're not gonna. They're not players in any of the big time free agents. 
You know, um, you, you got to move on from Whiteside. So I think they really have to look at rebuilding in the draft in the upcoming futures and also shedding some salary to possibly be in the next year's free agency market. You know, maybe trying to attract somebody then. Um, in addition to drafting somebody as well. So I, I, I think that's the route Miami needs to go in. Um, stop being in playoff purgatory mm-hmm. you, because you're not contending. You're not contending. Mm-hmm. You got to get rid of the guys that put you in playoff contention. And I think that's Drogic. Uh, and I think that's Whiteside, and I think that's, um, you know, they just got Kelly on there. They can keep him. But they definitely got to right. get rid of those two guys. We 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 gonna see, man. Because draft night is gonna be a lot of a lot of moves being made, and there's so many weird teams in the top five that consistently make bad decisions. So I would not be surprised if we see tomorrow that Sacramento is trading the pick for Kawhi, who we know is not gonna, who we know <laughs> is not gonna resign there. I would not be surprised if Memphis does it. We know he would not resign there. But there's so many teams that could make weird moves. And those are all the scenarios that that I have because those are the, the three teams I think could make a run for him. Uh, other than that, I don't have anything else, guys. All right, cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, let us know, you know, leave your comments, you know, if you're watching this or listening to this on YouTube in the comment section on YouTube and, uh, and SoundCloud as well. So we'll catch you guys next time. We out. Peace.